allegedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes. question i've been all right yeah i have nothing real to complain about oh, I could, okay i could that complain means you're depressed i mean i'm always a little depressed yeah are we sitting too far away from each other i don't know it's kind of interesting your, what's your opinion on the layout um this is funny <laughs> this is if you had like a, a yeah. book to promote sure or <laughs> a corporate dvd which they probably don't even make dvds no anymore. they don't yeah. uh, certainly not for our show yet um, uh, you could bring it back, maybe. I would love you know how to. How people I, are I bringing have, back records? Though they're very brought back. I just don't. Uh, I don't think we have any power um, to ask for anything yet because we're not famous and our show is only critically successful. So they, we don't make them enough money for us to demand anything. You've never asked for anything. Oh no, we've asked for. What if like lunch is bad one day on set? Will you ask for? Will you go out and get me something? Have you ever asked for that? A custom Jake lunch? No, I think one thing you have to get used to is asking for things. Because if you ever PA'd or you ever had any sort of menial job, and I've had plenty, you don't want anyone to do anything for you because you know how awful it was when people asked you to do stuff. So you have to get used to understanding that if you're an actor on set... Especially the star. You need to ask them to get something for you. Otherwise, everything is fucked. And even a minute of time is extremely valuable on set. And if you're gone for a minute, that could really screw up. That could cost thousands of dollars, theoretically, if you go over time. But what's something you've asked for? Have you asked, hey, can you go to this place and get me food? What's something that maybe you felt a little weird asking for the first time? Water. Just water. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> even water, water, water or a breath mint or something like that. Um, yeah, that's truly it. I, I mean, I'm sure I've asked for some things, but it's it's really hard to ask for anything because I just don't want to make anyone do anything. I just want people to sure. feel good. I hate asking for anything. It's actually a problem in life. That's a huge part of adulthood is asking for what you want. Like I've literally have that. Yeah, that's a big problem in my it's life. It's a huge problem. It's like, especially in relationships, like if you don't ask for what you want how will the other person know and then you want the other person to just instinctively know and read your mind are you talking about sexual things no i'm not just anything just anything yeah yeah it could could be sexual but it could be a lot of different things and the idea that you want someone to read your mind is sort of contrary to the fact that if they did you'd be even more vulnerable (laughs) so you don't really want that because everyone's afraid of being vulnerable so you know life is just complicated and adulthood is really scary and confusing and the older you get the less you know is there anything in your life right now that you want to ask for, but you've been too nervous to ask for? Plenty. Isn't everyone, isn't that everyone? Definitely me. But I know what do you want to ask for? Oh, man. I have a big list. Okay. What's two of the things? Um, I want to ask for uh, a Montreal showcase. I want to ask for, that's a, that's a career thing. Um, I want to ask for a girlfriend. That's just Who would to you the ask? Lord. That's that oh, one's to. But do you believe in the Lord? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can't really. <laughs> but ask I can't really. Ask, I can't just go up. To, well, I guess I could go. You're up asking to, to be girl. set up. 
Yeah, I'm asking the universe to set me up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of a Montreal showcase, this is very inside comedy baseball. I don't know who's interested in listening to this. But I, I feel dumb for saying it. No, it's good to say it. Why not? Why not be vulnerable? This isn't the right avenue to say it but on. But just in terms of comedy, um, what's good about comedy most of the time is if you're good, they'll come find you. And so yeah. you, it just the less they pay attention, the further it should inspire to work even harder and just get so good that they're, it's like, wait how come we haven't already given this person everything? There's a lot of overnight successes in comedy who've been doing it for 12 years. Right. I actually woke up with that um, thought today is I don't think I'm as good as I think I am and I need to just step it up. Yeah, nobody's as good as they think they are. I yeah. mean, like literally, there are maybe like 20 people who are great at comedy and that's it. Uh, yeah. The rest are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the people who are thought of as really great, they're not. Um, oh yeah uh, most but, people aren't but, but that's okay like it's extremely difficult to get that job and it should be it's right. a it's really really good job if you can get it and it takes everything you have and it takes seeing your faults clearly and then being willing to break them down and build them up again and most people don't have that in them and most people just want the comfort of regular life rather than sort of failing for 20 or 30 years before they're great. Yeah. Or in your case, maybe like eight years. How long did you fail for before you felt like, okay, this well, is working out? Well, we talking about stand-up or comedy? Both. Um, well, stand-up. They kind of go hand-in-hand a little bit. Um, yes and no, because I don't tour professionally. I mean, like, But I've, you could. Um in a mildly successful way i'm not really sure actually you might not sell out but you could no i don't even care about selling out i don't think selling out is something that is a real thing It, it is for some people like some people get really corporate and do some really dumb stuff but i i sort of understand it because it's a capitalist structure and you want to make money and you've spent a lot of years paying to do open mics so you want Mm. money and maybe you have family who needs money maybe someone in your family has cancer or something like that and maybe you really want a house or who knows what you want to do I don't really even mind that it's just that I just don't have what's really funny about comedy especially nowadays with so many tv shows is I have a tv show but no one's like there's hundreds of thousands of people watching it but that's not that many you know what I mean? And like, it's like, even with a TV show, I could only tour minimally. And right. it's, it's it's really hard to be, you have to do it for many years and be excellent at many different things and keep doing it in order to even be able to guarantee a packed house at a 200 seat theater. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. It's and I'm really, not there yet. And yeah, it's just not what it was. It's not the same system that it used to be no, where you get so a TV diluted. show and now you're famous. It's just, uh, you know. You're doing it. I, I think it's good, though. I think it's actually better. I think the idea of superstars... Yeah. There's always going to be some this form is healthier. of superstar. It's healthier. Yeah, it's just a career. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, you really learn... I have a TV show, and I've learned... I was like, oh, that was my goal. And now I'm like, oh, it's just a job I have. Was it sad for a second, though, when you're like, oh, I'm not going to be a famous person? No. I, or you, I, didn't, you never wanted that? Oh, I think anyone who wants to be a famous person has a mental illness that they don't understand fully. The, I agree with you, but I also think that every comedian has a mental illness that they don't understand fully. 
or 99% of them. Yeah, well, I mean, I have plenty of mental illness, but certainly not the urge for fame. I mean, what I, you should want is power that you wield correctly. <laughs> I mean, power is amazing. Fame, like to ask for water and breath mints. No, power being like, hey, look at my friend uh, over there. You should really buy a script from him. That'd be like cool. that's power. Power yeah. is being able to help people. That's right. what power is. Yeah. Um, but not everyone looks at power that way. A lot of like people Louis look at C.K. Power before incident. Um, pre-incident Louis C.K. Yeah, he 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 was able to help people get some shows. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of power is incredible. There's also tons of other examples of better humans who are doing it as well. <laughs> um, and uh, like Bill Cosby pre-Bill Cosby incident. <laughs> I don't know how many people he helped or not. I really never. Yeah, I never I. really liked his comedy and don't understand why he was so <laughs> famous. But um, whatever. But I. Uh, I just think that you should want to be able to have a good career and be able to pay your bills and not worry about the check at dinner. Like that's what you should be going for. But fame is a nightmare and it's an illness and it hijacks reality from you and you don't end up as a good person 98% of the time. I really just want to be successful and to have a good time and to create excellent work. My dream was to come to LA and to make movies and TV shows and make beautiful things. So I just, and do you feel like your dreams are coming true or came true? Well, that's the weird thing is like, yeah, my, my first dream, I guess did come true is I was able to make a, a two seasons of a TV show that I think is really good and what I want to say and not that compromised. Um, but the second that you achieve something like that, you realize, Oh, I only didn't want more than this because I didn't know what was available. It's like if <laughs> right. you you don't no one no one accomplishes something and then goes, well that was hard and I'm done. It's like oh totally. I can do that. Well I want so much more. I want to. Yeah. I'm now just because the experience I just had of several years of making this show, writing, acting, producing, show running. There's so many different things you learn. You're like, oh, there's so many other things that you can do and want to do. There's so much right. that's possible. But also, you're scared it'll be taken away. There's so many people we know have had TV shows that were great. And, you know, then you see them after 10 years and they're back on the road doing stand-up to make money because their career is up and down. It's um, You can't think you made it. You, it's just a job I've had for a few years that's, I think I've done a really good job and hopefully will lead to more work. I, I feel like people have these weird sort of views of comedy and like coming to LA and making it and being famous. And it's like, no, you come to LA, you work your ass off for a decade to then work even harder and get paid for it. Almost most of the people I know now, not most of them, but so many people I know that I did open mics with now, they're doing really well. But all that means is we never see each other. It just means we're working constantly and we get dinner once a year now because we're all working. We're working and it's it's such a privilege to be able to work doing what you love. But that's still inside the capitalist structure that your work is your life. Right. And that's so bizarre because you're alive for like five seconds of, of earth time, of, of universe time. And then you're like, I got to work at this job. It doesn't really mean anything in the end, but it's how we're trained to be in the system we're inside. So... Really, I'm just happy I've gotten an unbelievable chance to have an unbelievable experience at a job, but the job is so hard, and um, it's just taught me how to work, which I hopefully will do for at least 30 more years. You Did you feel like that in the beginning? You didn't know what you were doing? How long before you got comfortable at doing this show running? Every, basically, you do everything on the show, a little bit, at least, yeah. of everything. Um, 
you're always there are always things you can learn i mean i think i i run it with matt ingebretson and pat bishop and for you um watching or listening the show is called corporate and comedy central um and it's we run it together and we're oh because there's three of us and we're we work really hard and we care i think we do a good job but you're always learning it's like writing is one of those jobs writing show running producing you are learning until you finish whenever until you retire it's just there's so many intangibles there's so many different kinds of people there's so many things you're learning the world keeps evolving we keep getting more knowledge about how to treat people better and stuff like that so you're constantly learning how to do your job better it's and that's part of why it's amazing because every situation is new it's creativity and so there's just new people in new circumstances every time it is the best part about the job is almost that you get to make the thing but truly the best thing is I have so much more knowledge than I had before. And it's like, oh, my God, now I I remember there's this quote, I think, from Akira Kurosawa, who at the end of Who's his that? life, he's uh, one of the most famous Japanese directors of all time. He did like okay. Seven Samurai and Red Beard and a million, like the most acclaimed director ever. He okay. said near the end of his life. Well, now I feel stupid. It's fine. Okay. At the, near the end of his life, he said, I'm just now understanding the possibilities of cinema. <laughs> And that's so true because, you know, the older you get, you're obsessed with this thing and you do it forever. And then you keep being like, oh, if I learn this, then there's a million other things that could be true. And that's why I think making things is beautiful and why my career will probably go all over the fucking place. And I'll probably have some really bad years and some really good years and I won't be able to understand when it's coming or how it's coming. And I don't think anyone has any control over this at all. Yeah. I think you have control over it and you're doing everything you want to do. You think humans have control? I don't think so. <laughs> so do you think it's pre-planned by a higher power? No, I I'm I don't you know I don't believe in a higher power, <laughs> but I but I think essentially it's something akin to a higher power in the sense that you can't everything that happens is out of your control but gives you the illusion that you have control and i'm certainly not the first person to say this but if i if i move my leg like that i didn't know i was gonna do that like my brain your brain moves like if you if you have an itch and your finger goes to scratch it like my brain is moving ahead of my conscious understanding of my brain. Do you know so what I maybe, mean? Maybe you have control, just not over everything. No, I don't think you have control yeah. at all. I think it's like, if what if a car, I leave here and a car hits me and I die? Did I have control? No. Right. And I feel like it's like whatever. I just feel like life is a series of finding out what happens to you. And I, I don't I don't know how to argue anything other than control. It's like for someone, for instance, I feel like I have a strong work ethic, but I think I'm lucky to have a strong work ethic where there are some people who don't have a strong work ethic and they're unlucky. Maybe they want to work hard, but they have ADD or ADHD or they're that. just lazy. So it's like too. it's like that's then I'm lucky. It's you know not what me. I figured out um, today? I think I that would that helps me work harder to when you wake up in the morning to not masturbate sure yeah for some people it might help them but yeah i agree i think you should at least wait till noon um you know and just accomplish something or even save it up before you before sleep i don't think it's i think that's been holding me back for seven years now really you just jerk off right away yeah how many times do you jerk off a day depends on the day but what's the most five 
five. Yeah, well, I'm 35, and I can only get to four at most, and that's like a really good day. You'll see it starts to decrease. Your virility decreases. But I realize when you do it in the morning, when you wake up, then you go back to sleep, then it takes your energy out. I think that most people should try to be morning people if they can. Those are the most successful types of people, I think. Um, yeah, if you uh, wasn't there an article about the richest people in the world and then, and the things they have in common, and um, I think one of them. Yeah, and one of them is that they all wake up early in the morning and have a routine. Yeah, I just think that nightlife is really overrated and it's really a youthful thing. And I just have insomnia, so I'm always awake very early. And I I just can't imagine... Because night is when just sort of bad things happen. (laughs) Just bad stuff happens. You do a lot of drugs, people get murdered, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And I feel like if you're in the morning, if you're up by like 6 a.m. and you're doing things by noon, you've had a whole universe of a day. You could do a million things by noon. No one's on the road. Um, Very early in the morning, you can go to the gym, you can read, you can just write, you can free write, you can do so many things um, that by noon, you've accomplished more than most people will during their whole days. Um, And I think that, you know, one of the issues with stand-up and I, I, is that it's a nighttime job. And I think that that's bad. <laughs> I think that's like a bad thing to have because then you can't sleep well. You get really jazzed from like uh, working late at night because let's say you had a good set and you're feeling exhilarated. Yeah, then you're high for a few hours. And then you can't really go to sleep and then, and then you're up late and you sleep till noon and then your day's basically shot. And I think it can be really unhealthy for people to live a well-structured, good, full life. Um, it's one of my worries about stand-up as a long-term career. Personally. Have you gotten better about being a more productive person? Or you've always been pretty productive. Um, I've always had like a pretty intense energy like that I like want to create and I want to do things. And I always felt like life was about doing the most you could do possibly, which I don't know if I agree with that anymore. I mean, that's a pretty youthful feeling, but I always wanted to soak the most, like I'm bread and I want to soak up all of the soup broth in the world and like just do it all. And um, I think that there were years in which I was, when I was like, I would say 22 to 26, when I was absolutely terrified of being unmasked as a creative fraud. Because I just wasn't writing enough or I wasn't doing enough. And I was so paralyzed that I would show the work I had done to someone. And they'd be like, you have no talent whatsoever. Um, that I never showed anything to anyone. And I would write five pages of scripts and throw it away. I mean, this was four years of my life. And um, I think I was absolutely terrified. So I feel like in some ways I was lazy then, but mostly I was paralyzed. But ever since I turned that corner at 26 and just started working intensely, I feel like I definitely just am absolutely imbued with a work ethic because it's the only thing that makes me feel better about myself every time i work harder it helps me there are things that i sacrifice maybe in terms of friendship or sanity but it does increase my standing in life and give me a lot of um it makes me feel more secure about myself and better about myself and everything that's been good for me has happened because i was able to work hard and achieve it and I think that it's an addiction. It's like uh, most comedians have addictive personalities. You know, 26 it happened. I'm trying to think how old you were when I met you. I met you like right after um, you pulled cocaine out of someone's jacket. That's, that's how probably, I heard about you. That's probably like 2011 or 12 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 2012, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was a few yeah. years into me like working insanely hard at like comedy and creativity and sketches and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I just think that like, you know, if you're trying to achieve 
a goal of creativity, the world doesn't want you. The world doesn't need art to survive. I mean, no. it, it, it. I mean, it. It should. I, in an ideal world, it should, but it doesn't technically really need it. So you have to work so much harder than the average person um, to get a career because the, unless it's excellent, everyone's gonna be like, "Fuck this! This is annoying." You know, I can just watch reality TV. So you have to just be unbelievably diligent and impressive and become a force and that just takes a ton of hard work and i just nothing at night is better than achieving during the day literally nothing it i because for me whenever i would like party or do whatever i would just wake up feeling guilty because i hadn't achieved what i wanted to achieve yet and so the the macro satisfaction of like getting my tv show and like knowing how hard i worked for it and how much faith i put in the hard work and how like i didn't party for so many years stopped drinking didn't do any of that stuff just to like achieve a career goal it it is more satisfying than like the day-to-day of getting high and watching tv which is awesome but it's not as awesome as feeling good about yourself and that you achieved what you wanted to it's just not so now that you have for me yeah i mean i think at least everyone would say that about themselves maybe they don't all practice practice i don't know i don't don't think anybody could argue with anything you just said so now that you have i mean you have new goals obviously but now that you've in my eyes achieved the dream you got maybe a little little money in the bank what was the thing that you rewarded yourself with you rewarded yourself you got two seasons of a show now or three two the second one comes out january 15th at 10 30 p.m on comedy central uh, or on the internet for most of you because no one has cable anymore. Um, so you have two seasons of a show. Did you buy yourself a nice car? What? No, absolutely not. In fact... Anything? The only thing Anything I fun? did was I went on vacation. Where'd you go? For the first time in like a decade. Um, I went to Iceland and then Mexico. For how long? And I then New Orleans. Um, I went to Mexico for a week. I went to Iceland for about two weeks. So three three to four week vacation yeah i mean i just had time because after we finished editing the first season they really liked it and they didn't want to dump it over the summer they wanted to put it at the beginning of the year so that we had seven months to kill (laughs) so it's like okay i need to take a break i just worked for several years on this project i need to go and spend some money because i don't live a very expensive life i don't buy nice clothes or like do anything really that nice my car is a very simple subaru um it's not i'm not a flashy person yeah i get i have holes in my clothes and i'm fine with it um i just but i want to experience things so i went to iceland i was incredible and um i went to mexico it was cool and it's funny because also going on vacation uh, matt and pat and i all went on separate vacations with the people we were dating at the time and all of us sort of had this sort of emptiness when we were when we were on vacation. So we wrote an episode about how vacation's kind of lame in the new season. <laughs> so everything that you experience, you should just put back into your art. And you actually mean that vacation's lame? No, it's just um, it's the like. Idea- would you go on another vacation? Oh, or are you done with? Well, vacation? that's all there is to do. No, yeah. of course I'm going to go on another vacation. I, I went to Kauai, you know, uh, recently, but it was the same thing where it's like everyone's like, you're, "Oh, you're going there? You got to try this, 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 and this." Oh my god, you have to try this biscotti. You have to try this biscotti, and then you go there and you're like eating. You're like, I guess it's good. You know what I mean? It's just that people need to believe there's some sort of other amazing reward for how much hard work they've put in and really the reward is just getting out of the city you live in and then coming back to it and realizing you're happy to be home that's what vacation (laughs) does for you is realize that what you have is pretty good yeah my vacation idea sometimes is just to stay at home and do nothing for the day yeah and just do absolutely nothing 
So what do you do outside of work when you're not on vacation? Do you have any hobbies? I read fiction voraciously. Novels? Yeah, I feel like, I mean... And when you say read, is this read from a book or listen to an audio book? Um, when I'm driving, I listen to audiobooks, but I can only listen to nonfiction for the most part. I, it's hard for me to follow a novel when I'm driving or Have on a plane. Have you listened to Harry Potter, the audiobook? No, I read the first two Harry Potters in college. I didn't like them, so I never read the rest of the series. You didn't like them? No. And I know How you're come? not allowed to say that. So I thought it was for yeah, kids. It was so wasn't. It was for kids, especially <laughs> the first. And then everyone goes, well, the third yeah. book is where it gets good. It's like, I don't care. No, I just It was good from the beginning. Well, well I don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was it was fine. It's just like I don't really like that kind of um, imaginative fiction very often. Sometimes I love it, but it's sort, it is for kids. I mean, so yeah, I don't know why book. everyone's like, you don't love it. It's like, no, I was 20 and reading <laughs> a book for kids. Why do you like it so much? Are you a child? But I I, I'm a child. <laughs> and that's fine. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. I think it's funny. I think most people are like that. Like most people like superhero movies and I think they fucking suck. You don't like any Marvel movies? Not at all because you know what's going to happen. And that's so lame. Now, that's, here's the thing. People get mad at me for saying that. I'm saying I don't like it. I think it's lame. I don't like knowing what's going to happen. I don't I don't like superheroes. I was never into that. I was always into real life shit. I was like more into Archie comics because it was people. You know, I just like I like what I like knowing what humans are doing. I, I'm not that into sci-fi. I just yeah. like what do humans do and reality. why do they do them? Yeah, or no, or just um versions of reality. I don't like reality TV. I like yeah, documentaries, yeah. but I like I like sort of people's versions based of reality. In, yeah, based on And sci fi is wonderful and so is Marvel. It's just so not my thing and it's so prescriptive in what happens and you just you basically know what's gonna happen before it's over and it's like who cares? I don't know why you would ever go see that thing. But most people are into that. I'm the weird one. You know it'd be fun because you're not into that if you wrote something that was like sci-fi or, or well that's like i that. think that's the goal i think once you don't like something you should write your version of right. it so yeah, you yeah. can sort of it's like your almost critique or uh-huh. yeah it's the thing it's like i don't really like sci-fi but our show is a little sci-fi because um i want to do a version that i like do you have any issues or problems that i can help you with um that you can help me with yeah this is like uh I call it unlicensed therapy because I like to just have you in here. And oh, that's I, an interesting question. Okay, what have I been thinking about? Yeah. Um. What do you think you can help me with? Anything. I'm an expert on everything in the world. You're an expert? Expert. Okay. Um. How do I enjoy stand-up, watching stand-up comedy again? Ooh, that's the tough one. I have that same problem. Um. Well, okay. Are you at the point where you don't enjoy any stand-up comedy or do you still enjoy it from like your favorites? You know what I mean? Like no, who was your I favorite comedian before you did comedy? I, I wasn't a big stand-up comedy fan. No one? No, I think that's why I could do it because I really didn't. I don't think the form is that You never incredible. liked Chris Rock's Oh no, Chris Rock is unbelievable. Yeah, but I wasn't like a But huge, you were never a fan of anyone at I all. I didn't get into comedy because I was a fan of comedy at all. I did it because it was a way to express You're myself. Unique. So how do you get into it? I th- mean, I think you get into it the same way you kind of get into anything else. It's easier with a clear head. I think you got to go to a show, be an audience member, not analyze it. Try not to analyze it like a comedian. But that's the issue. That's the issue is that after you do stand-up for a while, 
you're you not to listening train. to the words. You're just watching code. You're right. watching like zero zero one 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 zero. You're like, I know exactly where every right. joke's gonna go. And so you're like, you have oh, to, that's what they're doing. You have to train yourself to not do that, and <laughs> it might take a few times. I'm not gonna do but that. <laughs> what about? And also, here's the other thing. I know what you're saying because I do this exact same thing, but there's people who break the code and that makes it kind of fun. Like when you watch Brody Stevens in the main room and they're just yeah. so different from what you do. Yeah, I, I just use it as an example, but there's other people like that, you know, yeah. and you watch them and you're just like, wow, I could never do that. And all you could really do is enjoy it because you're not thinking, oh, could I do yeah. anything like that? Or So you're saying the answer is go see people who kind of break the code. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, that's fair. I, comedians, I, I, comedians. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, like, there's still people that I think are remarkable. Like, it's not, it, it's not like there aren't unbelievable comedians, right? But it's hard to. I, I have not only do I have that same problem where I don't like watching stand up. I don't really like watching comedy, TV, or movies that much either. Yeah, it's, and it's, I used to love it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, like, in order to do something really well, you have to understand it so completely that you don't you you enjoy it on a different level. I remember when I took um, one film class in college. He said on the first day, he goes, "I just want to warn you, I'm going to teach you things right now that will kind of ruin movies for you." Most people who watch movies have never thought about anything I'm going to teach you just <laughs> on the first day. Simply that, look, look, here's a cut, here's a different angle. Watch this angle. Watch that angle. Look at what's happening here. Most right. people don't even think about the fact that it's cut together footage. Right. They have no idea what's happening. They're just like, oh, a movie. Yeah. And once you know what's going on and how it's constructed with light and with sound and with actors. And you learn the little tricks people do to keep you engaged. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to change angles here. We're going to add music here. And you and then you notice even those little things once in movies. Once you learn that. Yeah. Once you learn that you can't watch movies with just a clear head being like, oh, that was good. It's all like, oh, that fucking second act sucked and oh my God, the camera work was so fucking annoying and all that stuff. But once you start making the thing, then you can watch things and you can't ever watch it originally how you would watch things, but you watch it with a whole new satisfaction for how it's made. Because it's like, oh wow, this is remarkable because they did this, this, and this. And I think that's how... I need to get there with comedy where it's like there are certain people that are so astounding and I don't I'm not necessarily laughing at what they're saying I'm marveling at their talent and how they're doing it so I think maybe just watch the best of the best the best of the best or the crazy of the crazy you know the yeah. weirdos because when because when the thing is it's hard to watch comedy but when something is remarkable it feels like you're connecting to it in a way that almost nobody can because you understand comedy so well. And then you're like, oh, they get it. Thank God they get it. And they didn't give up. And they really pushed through and they made this amazing thing, even though it's so hard to make this amazing thing. Anything that is good takes so much blood, sweat, toil, and tears. It is so hard to make something amazing. I think, and that not only has this problem affected the way I watch things, but I think it also affects my stand-up in a little, might be a negative way because... When I'm writing, I need like it to be a little edgy and shocky or I'm kind of bored with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I need it to like make me laugh, which is getting harder to do. And I feel like, I don't know, sometimes part, it's a little too much. That's part of the issue I have with stand-up comedy in general is that I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, you know, you don't just want to, you once you figure out how you can make people laugh, like people laugh at jokes because they don't, they don't know how to write jokes. So once you figure out how to write jokes, they'll laugh at it because they're like, oh my God, look what you did. It's like a magic trick. Yeah. But then it gets to this new level where you're like, 
well, I only really like it if I'm saying some fucked up shit. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, morally, what's happening here? So now I'm saying fucked up shit just to say fucked up shit. Then you've lost yourself completely. Yeah. And then you're like an edge lord, and you're kind of fucking lame, and you're yeah. not really saying anything. And not that you have to say something with comedy, but ideally you would. Yeah, in, the best in, jokes you feel like that's what I truly believe. Yeah. So you're saying a statement. But then it's complicated because then if you tore that for a year, by the end of the year, you feel differently about that thing. But you still have to tell that joke because it's a fantastic joke. Yeah. So it's a very complicated medium and one that I struggle with emotionally in terms of. I feel like I got pretty good at it, and then I felt like once I did, I was like, why am I doing it, though? So I, I'm constantly trying to ask myself and wishing more people would ask themselves, why am I doing this? Is it just to have fun? Because it is, as we've learned through social media, a very complicated medium that can have an effect on people that people care about. And whether or not people like that people are criticizing jokes, the fact is that people are. Yeah. And so they care about the medium. So that's never going to stop now. People care about what you're saying. There's The audiences are saying words have power. Does that make you... Does this incident with Louis C.K., does this make you think to yourself, I have to watch what I say at all, or I have to change things to be a little bit more PC? Oh, I never, I never worry about being too PC because I think that anyone is that is too scared of that is kind of like, lame it's like are you well it's just like either you have the chutzpah to go against it or not and if people are mad that's part of your currency there are plenty of people who in the world who love non-pc stuff and you will have an audience of those people if you do it well you just have to be able to take the blowback which most people are too sensitive to take and they're just as sensitive as the people who are complaining about the joke. Have you ever received blowback on anything you've of done? Of course. I say crazy things. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. But, so, but even though you say crazy things, I just feel like uh, you're beloved. I don't know. I've never heard anyone go, Jake Wiseman. Oh, that's interesting. You know? and, well, and not only that, I'd say from my perspective, you know, I don't know you that well. I don't know your scene, whatever. But both sides of, you know, the the left and the right of the spectrum likes you are you talking about like the comedy store club scene and then the alt scene yeah is that what you mean the left and the right i didn't no i didn't necessarily mean that but but yeah that they both seem to like you well i appreciate that you know i'm in my own head so i have no concept of what people are saying about me and i don't take compliments well so i don't yeah like i don't have any idea how people perceive me i'm i'm a loner i in my head i'm a loner and i spend a lot of time alone um assuming people don't like me and trying to be a better person because I feel like instinctively any mistake I make, I decide is indicative of who I am as a person. So I don't ever feel the good things. I just feel like, oh, I should be a better person than I am. Um, but absolutely. I think any discussion about PC or any time the argument over jokes most recently with the Louis C.K. set that was illegally recorded and then yeah. put online, um, it, it's, it's, it's just really cowardly to not allow you to think about what you're doing it's like if you hear what we i don't think we live in a orwellian world of thought police i just really don't i i just i think that there are some people who take it too far but there are also some people who are saying horrific things on stage that they may not realize the effect it's having so it's good that they find out we live in a world we're very lucky to live in a world of 
by all accounts, pretty free speech if you look at the rest of the world. We're very lucky people. And I think that if if something that happens forces you to consider what you're doing, you may not have been doing what you actually felt was morally sound. You may not have been aware of it until that moment. Now, the Louis C.K. situation is complicated because I think what he did um, sexually is a form of sexual assault and I don't think he should be doing stand-up right now. I, I actually think it's pretty horrific what he did and I'm not trying to be a good person here. I'm saying I've had his job as showrunner and I know that if I did those things <laughs> to a woman on the show, I should never be able to work in the business again. It's a horrific thing to do. So that that part I think is is for sure he he needs to go away for a while. That's he he committed sins and there and he's really fucked up and he can't do that to people. Now in terms of his stuff being recorded, I think that's insane as well. And I also think people in general don't understand how comedy works. Yeah. Um, so they're getting mad at stuff that he's been doing all along. He says right. unbelievably fucked up shit. And now that he has been revealed to be a really fucked up guy who's done some horrific things to people, I understand why he's being criticized. So I kind of don't care that he's being criticized because he really should go away, in my opinion, and take yeah. time to be a better person and stop it is really hurting the people that he affected. It really is. So he should stop. But also the people complaining about it are a little crazy and a little uh, trigger happy. But I get why they're doing it too because they're mad at this guy who kind of was a monster and got away with it and was a fraud because he he pretended to care about women and he lied. So I feel like that's a really complicated thing. But in general, I'll tell you this. All of the controversy around stand-up makes me want to take a step back and look at what I'm doing. It, do- it doesn't seem as fun as it used to anymore, and that's not a complaint. Um, it just, for me, when I think about it, I, I do think that personally I'm too sensitive to go on stage, hurt someone, and feel okay about it. Even if I felt I was in the right, I still, if I hurt someone's feelings, I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And I just don't know if I want to be involved in the medium in a specific way if I can't control my feelings to other people's feelings. So it's just my sensitivity now, that makes that me... does that mean you are going to take a break from stand-up or does that mean you're just going to think about what you say more? Um, well, I've been taking... You know, I've been so busy with the show and promoting it, which I'm doing right now, um, and trying to develop other things and like get a career going with that kind of stuff that I have been taking a break because I don't like to focus... I think I have to focus on stuff. I don't think I can do... I don't want to dilute stand-up. Right. You don't want to do put half your energy into it. If you're going to do it, you want to... Well, I just don't... I don't want to kill on stage saying things I wrote five years ago. Because right. I can do that. Like, I can... Anyone can do that that's okay at stand-up. They yeah. can go on stage and be like, here's jokes I wrote five years ago, say them confidently, and people laugh, and you're like, wow, I'm a stud. And it's like, why am I doing that? And I want to have enough time to... Because I'm promoting the show. We're writing other things. We're trying to get things off the ground. I need time to be like, okay, I'm going to focus on stand-up and talk about who I am now and this person that I am now nine years after I started comedy. Right. And it's like, that's just, I just haven't had the time or the energy to focus on that solely because I've been so busy with the show. Not a complaint at all. Right. So I think I've been trying to take a break to where I can sort of sit back, watch what's happening, watch myself develop, think about what I want out of stand-up before I go back to it because I don't want to go back and just kill just to feel like an awesome yeah, dude. That's just, that's just wanna... like, I don't want to be a road hack. Yeah, and you're not the same guy you were three years ago. I change constantly. Everyone changes every fucking year usually. So it's like, I just feel like I'm not at that level. Like, I want to be able to write at least 30 minutes a year that are new and interesting and I want 
to be challenged to be better and I'm just not good enough yet to where I want to be so I just want to wait a little bit relax and see and have the confidence to be like stand up will be here always I think that's pretty uh admirable to just know to know that about yourself because so many people I don't know just have egos and false sense of confidence and yeah and I think I'm just also lucky I just have a TV show that's very philosophical and has my point of view so I'm saying what I want to say very a different medium yeah and I'm yeah. able to get my point across you know and that's probably to more people than have seen me do stand up ever so I feel like very lucky that like the things I'm talking about are there I just if I'm going to do it on stage I want it to be something else and unique I don't I don't want it to be a hack thing. Like people really do care about stand up. So I want to make sure that I'm rising to that occasion and really thinking about what I'm doing in an interesting way. Otherwise, the world does not need me on stage. It's like it, there's plenty of of funny people. So what, you know other, what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, everything you're saying, I'm I'm just like, yeah. You it sounds like you've really put a lot of thought into. It that's one thing that getting a show really allows you the opportunity to have that's not really a sentence but it you really are able to go like okay wow i got this thing this is unbelievable i kind of won the lottery here what do i even want because my whole life was like get that thing and then you got the thing and you're like okay so i got the thing i'm still empty inside as is everyone (laughs) who gets the thing that's just a tried and true story yeah so now what do i want who do i want to be what do i want to do with this life what do i want to do with this career what do i want to say and i don't really want to hurt people you know so it gives you a chance to sort of step back and be like, what do I want? Because, I, I mean, I made some money. It's not a ton of money because it's cable. It's Comedy Central. They don't pay that much. Right. Um, it's it's a lot of money, but it's not set for life money. It's not that much money. Yeah. It's just really not. And so, and you have a lot of costs and it's just, it's it, it's great. I'm you still live fortunate. in the same uh, apartment. I live in a small apartment. Yeah. Same place. Yeah. I live in a small apartment. Same Subaru. Yeah, Same yeah, apartment. but that's and that's just me. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not gonna go out and buy anything fancy really ever. But have it, you ever gone back to the lamp store you used to work at? And I drive by lamp? it and feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um but I don't uh, go in. Um but yeah, I just think that I just want to Yeah, I just want to be really good at what I do. I don't want to do stand up just to do stand up. Like there's so many other people who are funny and like unless I'm doing something that I think is really excellent, I I don't and I think I was getting okay for a while, but it's like do it if you're going to be great. Don't do it just to have fun. Like, I I, th- I don't know. For me, that's just not my thing. I might be there later in life, but I'm not there now. Also, my stand-up isn't that fun. It's just, it can be funny, but it's like crazy. It's like in your face and I aggressive. Loved it. I love it. I appreciate but, yeah. it. I just want it to be, I just want it to be excellent. It's, I think it's, you know, you're your own biggest critic. Sure. But, I mean, you do what you want. I'm not saying you have, to, if you feel like you weren't doing the stuff you want to do, you don't have to keep doing stand-up or whatever but i thought you were one of my favorite comics i appreciate it very yeah, much. yeah thank you i but i also am a dark twisted right per- I, I relate to you a lot yeah sure sure but that's everyone yeah. no, not everyone's favorite comedian is chris rock no though he is even though incredible. he's great and yeah. some people would be like he's the best by far but then some people yeah. would be like it's not for me i don't like it no and i think i just want to i mean it's funny because i feel like when you're a kid, you have this idea. You like you want to be a superstar because <laughs> that's kind of how things are advertised to you. And then you get older, and you're like, like even what Kevin Hart's going through right now, that guy is as famous as it gets. What he's going through now, I would kill myself if I were in that kind of controversy. Like that guy is so famous, his life is incredible. But now a lot of people are like, you're a homophobe, and whether he is or not, he has to deal with the fact that people think Dude, that. I don't want that. I'm too sensitive. Yeah, I, I did. I did this joke. 
an open mic about uh, trans people. An open mic where I was like, maybe this joke's a little offensive, but I just want to try it out and see where I can go with it. You know, what I thought was a safe space. And then a comedian from the back of the room fake laughed after the joke from the back of the room. And that ate me up inside for like three days. Still does when I think about it. Yeah. And it, just and that it's, like I offended them that they did. a yeah. They mocked me with laughter. I'm like, damn. Yeah. And, 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 and that's probably good that that happened to you. It's good to learn like, oh, I'm sensitive. So I can't necessarily talk about certain things that really could offend people. Like, that's the thing. It's like, oh, you learned that about yourself, you know? And I think that that's, it's all learning experience, but it's a very painful learning experience. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of why, like, some of the most famous comedians are kind of sociopathic because <laughs> they don't care what people think and they just can do whatever they were doing. I mean, essentially what Louis was doing is a little bit sociopathic and he was telling these jokes about how women are so treated like shit and and uh, women are oppressed. And meanwhile, he has done things that are pretty abusive to women and he knew was wrong. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's sociopathic and that's how he got so big. I mean, he's obviously brilliant, but right. like, that's sociopathic and he's yeah. able to deal with that sensitivity because he doesn't have that feeling you have. And so, a lot of people and a lot of the best, and also the other comedians who are successful are deeply mentally ill because they're so so sensitive they're just also incredible and have just like maria bamford one of the best comedians ever she she's she's really messed up she's a genius but has ha, she has this genius to give us but then also has to deal with the sensitivity and insanity of life and look she has trouble yeah what other issues do you have outside of comedy that i could help you with um i just have uh insane depression um that are you on antidepressants no have you ever no nice yeah, you? I'm I'm kind of anti anti antidepressants. Yeah, I have depression. I think I don't. It's like isn't everyone a little? I I do feel depressed, but I've also never met anyone that was like I'm not depressed at all. I mean that's that's not true. I have, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm normal, even though I'm depressed. Uh huh. I, feel like I definitely think norm. I'm abnormally depressed. I I don't mm. think there's anything normal about what I feel. Like I te- I I sort of play it up as if like people can. I can relate to everyone, and that's sort of what my comedy is about sometimes. But no, I definitely. But you definitely, get out of bed in the morning, you know. There's people de- that are so depressed that they can't get out of bed. Depression takes totally different forms. That's a stereotype. That's like saying someone's an alcoholic if they fall down after drinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, As opposed yeah. to someone who keeps shit. Like there, there are high functioning alcoholics. I'm a high functioning depressive. I guess. Have you ever been suicidal? Um, it depends what you mean by that, but I've definitely had a lot of thoughts about it. So, so you've you, thought about it, but you've just, you know, I'm not, yeah, you've never attempted to kill yourself, but you've definitely thought, oh, put yeah. the thought in like how I, you would do it. Yeah. And I think it's just like, life is just so painful. Like, it's just sort of like, it really is pain. Like you, you grow up and you're told the world is this magical place. You're given all these things and then everything is taken away from you. How would you and, kill yourself if you did? Um... I don't know. I've thought about. I I think a really fast way is stepping in front of a train. But then you but then you transfer the knowledge that someone killed you onto the conductor. So that's not fair. And and you'd probably even it'd be traumatic for everyone on the train too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just and such it might f- not be instant. You might be you no. Might, it'd be instant. It would. Yeah, trains are very like there. A childhood friend of mine did it recently. It was it was. Sh- 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 uh, you weren't there. He could have been squirming on the ground for a minute after no, the it, train. No, it hit knocks him. you the fuck out, dude. You're done. It's like it, it's a train is a good way to go. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, 
obviously overdosing is something interesting. The only issue is I've never done heroin, but I feel like doing heroin is one of those tricky ones because you do heroin to kill yourself, but then you feel so good from the heroin you want to stay alive to do heroin. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's like complicated. Um, I don't know, sleeping pills or something like that. Uh, I mean, a gun just seems dramatic. I don't like guns at all. I'm very anti-gun. So I have it's a, like, a shotgun hanging over my bed. Is it a registered shotgun? Yeah, yeah, legally owned. Why do you have a yeah. gun? Uh, I went to military school for high school, huh. and we shot guns twice a week there, uh-huh. and it's just so much fun. Yeah. So I go skeet shooting sometimes, oh, okay. and I just bought a shotgun. I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely think that gun laws are too lenient in the United States, and they shouldn't be so easy to get. Like the fact that I went to Big Five, bought the gun, and then came back a week later, and they're just like, "Here you go." Yeah, I think maybe there needs to be more. A little harder to get. Maybe you have to go through some mental illness sort of test. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Well, you can have a gun. I don't give a shit. No, I know. But, um, why but did I'm you go just to military saying school? my thoughts. Uh, why did I go to military school? Were you I a didn't bad get, boy? I was naughty in the sense where I never did anything criminal. I never beat anyone up. I never did drugs. I never sold drugs. But I had a real problem with authority and that authority being my parents. So my mom would tell me to do something. And I'd be like, you're not the boss of me. I don't have to listen to you. Maybe I was just a brat, I guess. Okay, but enough that military enough school was that needed. my parents were like, "I can't deal. We can't deal with you. You don't listen to anything we say." Are you glad you went? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not because it did what they wanted it to, but I think I needed to get away from them because they were. I was a problem for them, and they were a problem for me, and so I went away to a different state for two years, and I think that's kind of what I needed to just go out on my own and. Yeah feel the world around me interesting yeah wow so and that's where i learned to love guns um that's cool cool. man i mean yeah i think i just i but i don't really i try i i want to stay alive i mean i i want to do it because it feels like i'm gonna die anyway so unless i'm in unbelievable pain like physically it just feels like well let's just see what's gonna happen because you know, at 26, I kind of wanted to die, but then I was able to turn my life around. And now, like, if I could have seen what was happening now, I'd be like, whoa, I definitely would have wanted to stay alive for that. And that's true. There's also some horrific things that have happened in that time, but I still would yeah, have Yeah, how's done- your health? I remember one time you were in, like, a big back brace and stuff. Yeah, I had spinal fusion. That was terrible. Um, that was a horrible experience. Everything, but is everything good now with that? I mean, it's good. I'm not in terrible pain, but I have rods in my back and I can never really run again like you know there's like things i can't do but you're never again, gonna have six-pack abs no actually you can get six-pack abs because in, in fact because my back is so fucked up um i have to do core exercises ah, nice. um so you you have to have good abs otherwise you will so, die uh, maybe i need some rods <laughs> in my back honestly it, it did help me it, it gave me a perspective on pain it gave me more empathy and it's like there's so many people in chronic pain and i don't think in, unless you're in chronic pain you don't have the slightest fucking clue how much pain people are. i was in an otherworldly amount of pain and it taught me so much about life and then we put the my back shit into the show and made a really Which great episode pain out of it. is worse chronic back pain or heartbreak chronic back pain it's not even like heartbreak is horrific but if if you don't nerve pain it, i had no idea what people went through and you don't really understand you can't you cannot believe what you're going through so you 
for example, you're depressed, you don't take antidepressants. When you were going through that kind of pain, were you trying to fight the pain meds or were you like, I need these pain, give me pain I meds? Took, I took pain meds and had a ton of weed because almost nothing helped. It didn't even really help. It's just, it was so shocking. It's like being stabbed all day long every single day. I slept Dang. at most an hour a night for three or four months. Wow. I mean, and I was taking everything to go to sleep you could imagine. Like I was taking a Heath Ledger level <laughs> of, of pain meds and I couldn't sleep. I was in so much unreal pain which i'm not proud of or anything i wish i could go undo it i still my left leg is still a little fucked up from it but i um i but i did learn a lot because you can't help but learn a lot and it gave me more empathy for people because a lot of people are in pain and like the older you get like everyone's in pain no no one is spared from it It, it's all just really hard and you you start to understand your parents more and understand that like, Oh, they were probably in constant pain. You know, if they were ever a dick, it's like they're in pain. <laughs> it's like, it's really humans. Our bodies are, are so weird. when you meet someone that's an asshole, you kind of feel for them more than um, you would say you used to. You're just like, Oh, they're just, if I can understand why they are that way or like, it gives me alternate reasons to think about why they might be that way, but I still don't tolerate, I don't take shit from anyone. So it's like, if I just don't do, I'm not able to do it. I wish I could actually, but, um, I, I don't take shit, but I can easier. I have an easier time understanding w- why people are acting the way they do. A lot of times, they're in literal physical pain. It helps me in traffic sometimes, <laughs> thinking like, "Oh, maybe their fucking arm hurts." Oh yeah, your old traffic joke. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. Yeah. Well, I wish I could help you with your depression, but I mean, from you can't. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I was like, so I think I just need to keep exercising and um, uh, you know have a good career and I try to be nicer say. all the time, and um, that'll get me as close as possible. I'm still just gonna have times in my life where you have I a good relationship with your loved ones. And I know that sometimes weird. It's like <laughs> maybe that's part of it. Sometimes <laughs> maybe that, but that's complicated. That it's not something I can necessarily fix. Some things are unfixable. That's true. Okay, we're gonna take some calls from people with their problems, and we're gonna help them. We're gonna help a couple other people with their problems, if that's okay with you. A little bit confused at his hesitation, and I want to know more of why he wouldn't move forward. This is from Gabriella Dei. Dei? D E Y I. Sounds maybe like some sort of brown person, but we'll see. You don't want a commitment if someone can't communicate well. I mean, he maybe is waiting for you to bring it up. Who knows? But I feel like more people should just be direct with each other because I think wasting someone's time is a shame. And so if you're meeting his parents, he clearly has some affection towards you and see what he wants. But why not just bring it up? That's what I was going to say. I mean, obviously, I'm not you, but it sounds like you are in a relationship just with no title. If you're meeting his friends and parents, it sounds like he does like you because if I'm with the girl and I don't like her, I'm not introducing her to my parents ever course not so i don't know just just, like, just be direct otherwise yeah. if you can't be direct with this person this isn't someone who could be your partner because being someone's partner is almost all about just communicating what you want and figuring out what they want just just bring it up otherwise yeah. you shouldn't be with this person yeah shouldn't maybe uh or maybe just go be with another man for a little bit to make him jealous and see how he reacts to that yeah and also just get a lot of guns and have guns lying around. Yeah, That's just a have, good idea. like go through a big life change to see if he cares about you enough to try and fix those things in your life. Okay, this is from Ian O'Hara. I'm so tired of my job. It's the same thing over and over again. Sounds active. Day in and day out. It's, it's a never-ending grind. I need help. I want to do something different, but I just don't know what to do. 
Can you help me out? I'm gonna. We're skipping this one because I feel like that guy fake? just wanted to. Yeah, I felt like that guy just wanted to be on. I don't know. That didn't. I feel felt like he was jerking off. It was <laughs> such was, a creepy. Sort what of, was that? Are the? I thought I, when when I hearing that, I thought you were fucking with me by playing. It. <laughs> no, I think he was fucking with both of us. I don't know what if he just wanted to be on the show or if he just sounds like a a robot. Okay, this is from Bailey Bennett. Okay, so first the bad news. Well, I mean, I guess it's all kind of bad news, but okay, I got another concussion playing hockey, of course. In um, high school. I'm failing my classes. My acne is worse than it's ever been. Sounds like you're in high my school. My ex boyfriend is being psycho. It's a lot of problems. <laughs> it's like one thing after the next. Everyone tells me college is supposed to be the best time in your life, and I feel like it's the opposite. You know, the main thing I would say, I don't know how to deal with your specific problems, but I can assure you that I'm 35. I'm 14 years out of college. I, I barely talked to anyone from that time. I don't remember anything that happened. Every, th- every four years, you're like, oh, right. That thing that was so important to me um, four years ago, I don't even know. Like, I don't remember the names of people I slept with or that I had crushes on or that I dated. You don't remember things like people. I keep just a list go of away. I've been with sexually. Is that weird? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Um, it's definitely sociopathic, but but <laughs> most people don't do that, and so it's like kind of one of those things where like, don't worry, life is it's short, but it's extremely long, and you forget so many things, and all this will be something you can write about or make you stronger later. Just know that in the future, it'll be better than this, and that like the especially the boyfriend, it's like just don't worry about people like that like you you will date so many people right. you will date an absurd amount of people and um college <laughs> you're you're just you're learning how to be a human and it's really hard and like in five years none of that will matter it's exactly what i was gonna say i don't remember whose quote it was but if the problem is not gonna exist in five years it's not that serious of a problem yeah acne i mean yeah that sucks you want to you don't want to walk around not looking your best but obviously a temporary problem try not to pick at it so you don't have scars boyfriends come and go you you have a cute voice i'm sure you'll find someone else just from that alone people are into voices these days with asmr so you'll find someone new from there and also yeah people say college is the best years of your life so not true yeah i was gonna say that's not for everyone i didn't really like college no. oh, plenty of people don't so yeah i mean it'd be nice you're gonna look back probably and think college could have been so much better if i realized none of those problems were really big problems yeah it's all just a learning experience for life nothing that happens in college is that real and just um just try to fix them individually or just forget them all and move ahead but like just build up your personality to being awesome be a smart person and good shit will happen to you yeah okay we'll do one more jp stanley sounds fake yeah Hey man, how's it going? Uh, quick question. Just wanted to call and talk to you really quick. Uh, I needed advice on something. There's this girl. Uh, she works down at the coffee shop um, at the end of my block, and uh, she's great, dude. She's just, she's awesome. I don't even, I don't know. I've never felt this way about somebody before, and nice. uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not good with the. The ladies in the same way that you are so oh, i was you. just hoping maybe you could give me some advice and we could just kind of talk and maybe you could help me uh ask Pretty her out first date um so you could give me a call back man i would really appreciate I'm not calling it you back. and uh yeah we'll talk soon 
Um, okay, so you don't really, uh, you're not really in love with this woman. You don't really have a crush on this woman. This is a fantasy. Everyone has a crush on their barista. That's what baristas are for is because they're giving you a drug every morning and it's, they're making you feel better and they're kind of cute. It's just because it's a person you see every day giving you your drugs. If you didn't have a crush on that person, you'd be defective. And so just move on. Eventually they'll get another job and you'll go to another coffee house and have a crush on them. You're just relax, dude. It's it's just be a cool person and plenty of people will want to date you. That is such a dark outlook on life. I disagree. What if that? What if he really does have feelings towards her? What if he talks to her to his when he's barista? There? How well does he know what his barista? Di- what this if is a, a fantasy. <laughs> what if it's a small coffee shop and he makes conversation when he goes there? Dude. And and they really know each other a little. They make bit. Sm- what they make small talk, and they really know each other a little bit. This is all <laughs> fucking horseshit. Everyone has. I bet there's forty other dudes and uh, twenty other women who have a crush on this barista. You might be right about that part, but listen, to say just eliminate her and move on to something else, you got to find out. Here's the thing: there's plenty of coffee shops. Go there, try and be cool. Ask her out. If she rejects you, you go to a different coffee shop. Don't. Don't harass her at work. I didn't say harass. I said ask her out. Don't ask her out at work. It's going to make her feel bad and awkward. And this is just a crush you have because she's giving you your drugs. I know tons of people with crushes on their baristas. This isn't real. What about put your your number on a napkin and just leave it there? No, don't. Because then you won't be able to go to that coffee house anymore because the relationship will not work out. I don't know. I hey, feel you, like that's so anti-love. Here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I, anti-love. The fakest <laughs> industry in the world that has nothing to do with reality. Because <laughs> so many marriages end well. Because 99% of relationships don't end. Give me a break. I didn't say marry her. But if you have feelings towards someone, is there something wrong with just oh, finding feelings? out if they, if they have those sim- same feelings? You never know. This is horseshit. This I've is met typical. a waitress before and I and I asked her out and we went on a date. Did the relationship work out? No. But she liked me enough as well. Had those same feelings where we went out on a date from me acting on my feelings. If I had just left her alone and left, I would have never found out. I would have always wondered. And if you see her all the time and you really have those feelings and it's not just about her looks... I think she's giving you drugs and you should chill. <laughs> you have two options here. It's whoever you trust most. Well, I think it's yeah. fair to give both sides of the yeah, coin. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess that's what I guess that's the fun part. Yeah, different. <laughs> different. But man, uh I mean, if so okay, if you said don't act on those feelings, don't ask her out, who do you ask out? Someone who's not um forced to interact with you because of their job. <laughs> so so uh you're saying Dating apps or people you've met at through friends or at a bar, just social social setting, yeah. women or let her ask you apps. out. You, you know? get asked out. I've been asked out. Yeah, I've been asked out a bunch. I, I think because times have really changed, it's it's pretty common now. I think to be asked, I've been asked out a lot, and it's like great. It's like cool. I I'd rather it be that way. I think men should present themselves and women should do the asking because so much of what the bad stuff that happens in the world is men being too aggressive about stuff and this patriarchal idea that women are these prizes that men need to win. It's just so lame. It's like women should do the asking. I agree with that entire statement that it would be amazing if women asked men out and they are starting to more than in the past. But I still think overall, most women wait for men to ask them out. And I think... That from my experience, the few women that have asked me out, it's always, well, I mean, this is just in life, the ones you want, don't want you, and the ones 
that want you you don't want or you know it's not a rule but it happens a lot so from my experience the women that have asked me out are typically the ones that i do not want not my experience at all and i I think also um i think that what you should do maybe not having them ask you out but make there's also a level where they make it so obvious by flirting that you should ask them out that you're like okay i'll ask you out it's it's not the same exact thing but it's like unless no, yeah, it's I know really clear they're flirting with right. you it's like be cool about it man same yeah. thing like there's so many fucking people in the city this barista again you're feeling inflated things I know so many people with crushes in their barista just know you're not special and just chill man like you'll get over it okay I think I could agree with you there how about this be just super cool with her and friendly and not weird or aggressive or creepy and see if she ends up liking you and, because, yeah, and because, maybe one day you'll run into her somewhere yeah cause I can say that Half the time when I, I find out a girl does like me, it's because I was just never made it weird, never showed interest in her in that way. And that's kind of what made her like me is the fact that I wasn't interested. If you're cool and you're like an impressive person who's nice and smart and and like just nice to people, like people will, you, you will date plenty and you will get laid plenty and you'll be cool. It's just, it's just the truth. As people get older, they just want to be with nice people like just be a cool person. Yeah. I, it all works out. I agree with that 100%. Anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Please, I know we've already, yeah. Uh, uh, please on watch Comedy Corporate Central. on Comedy Central starting January 15th at 10.30 p.m. You can also watch the first season of Corporate at uh, cc.com or on the Comedy Central app. It's a good show. The whole season's out there for free? The first season's out there to free until January 15th. You can watch it for free. Wow. Um, and then you can watch the second season on TV at 10.30 p.m. starting January 15th. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming to my little garage. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me.